0: Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 190. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd Underscore on Twitter, joined by my co-host, John White at VJourneyman. Hey John, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Nick. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be subscribing. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at nerdjourney. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to career enlightenment. So let's take a trip. This is a special episode. Tell us what's on tab this week, John. Yeah, so we are um, going to be talking about the session that we did at VMware Explore 2022. You said it right. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I have a big post-it note on my on my monitor, and i call it VMworld. But yeah, so we did a conference presentation. Um, it was a digest of the lessons that we had learned from doing this podcast over the past uh, three, four, however many years that we've been doing it. Many. Since July 2018, when the trailer
0: episode launched, while I was on vacation in Galveston.
1: (laughs) And we had actually been recording for six months before that, so... Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, four and a half years. So we'll go over a couple things. You know, we're going to start with the outcome, um, and then back up a little bit and talk about the submission, how we created the content, um, delivery of that content, just some reflections. We got some, you know, really good feedback on what we could do to improve, and we have some thoughts on that as well. And then talk about how the process that we followed can actually help you uh, do content, whether you're aspiring to just do better papers at work or do stuff at your local VMUG, or if you wanted to do conference uh, talks as well. Now that we are seasoned conference talk veterans, that's probably a little bit of an overstatement. Uh, but, you know, we've done a bunch now, a few. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, pass uh, this wisdom on, like, what a good process could look like on to other people who are interested in doing that.
0: And just for reference, the name of the session was Adventures in Technical Career Progression. And we'll put the link so you can watch it if you'd like in the VMware Explorer content library. You just need a Customer Connect account, which is free, to log in and watch it. Awesome. It's an audio recording,
1: am I correct in that?
0: It is a video recording of the slides, but it's an audio of us talking. We are not on video, so you can't see, oh, okay. you can't see that beautiful John White face.
1: I mean, a face for podcasting, that's of what course. I like to say. It's an original joke that I just made up. All right, let's begin at the end. That, that's a little uh, tip that we got from our instructor, Peter Cohen, of uh, Great Demo fame. We had a really well attended session at VMware Explorer 2022. Uh, the process of actually building that content, um, we leaned heavily on the practice of using smart notes. Like, that's the process that we've been hearing about and reading about and trying to use. And then we actually used it for developing this content. You can actually see all of our notes, which is all of the show notes, all the links between the show notes, and then Links from like uh, content and ideas and abstractions that we've had from those show notes at graph.nerd journey.com. Um, that link will be in the show notes of this episode, and we're going to try to put it um, all over the nerd journey.com website as well. The actual session itself, you know, we sold out the pre registration with 130 people registering. Um, there was a waiting list to get in people lined up, you know, ahead of the session. And uh, of those 130 registrants, you know, and the people um, who were waiting, you know, for on-call tickets, quote unquote, um, we had 77% of the seats filled, um, instead of the kind of like 50% yield that we had been expecting. So felt pretty good about that. Hopefully, you know, our content is touching a nerve. It's like how to get better at your job or, you know, make that, you know, next step forward, whatever that looks like for you. Um, we got extremely positive feedback with one third of the eligible attendees actually leaving feedback. That is not the ratio that I had assumed would happen. I thought it was like five percent of people leave feedback and we had a third. That could signify like a third of the people were super angry and, and hated it. but you know, fortunately, that was not the case. Those uh, people give us an average rating of 4.52 out of five had some really positive messages there and really appreciate it. That feedback also included some constructive areas where we can improve. Um, so we're kind of excited to refine both the content and the process that we went through. Um, we really like to share that process. You know, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today and um, maybe it'll help you, the listener, write your next user group or a conference session better and faster than it would have been without this process. So, Any other thoughts before we move on there, Nick?
0: I would say that feedback is a gift, whether it's you did a good job, I really like this part, or this part really could have been better. And we appreciate everybody who left feedback. And this is a little bit of a report card for us. How we think we did, how we want to improve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the points that we made was to show your work. So that's what we want to do. We told everybody that that was a lesson that our guests you know, kind of told us to, to be you know, really good at your job. So we're trying to live that. Could you maybe refresh my memory about the origins of the session? Sure. Every good hero has a great origin
0: story, right? This is no different. Starring John White, of course, as the as one of the heroes. So this came from a presentation that we delivered remotely for some VMUG user cons called Breaking Career Constraints. And I think it was a 30 minute slot, different format. But this was kind of, I guess you'd call it, taking it to the next level. So we came up with Adventures in Technical Career Progression and wrote a decent abstract covering things like becoming a people leader, communicating with your management, being a standout individual contributor, protecting yourself from burnout, and leveraging relatable experience in your career. I think those were the five high points that we highlighted in our abstract. So we submitted that before the VMware Explorer deadline expired. And, and I will say that if you submit a talk for a conference, be aware of what the tracks are and what they mean, the types of content they'll accept. For Explorer specifically, there was a people and culture track and a vision and innovation track. So it was really hard to pick. <laughs> and when I had the choice, I picked vision and innovation because I felt like we were innovating in the career space since even though we're not talking about the tech specifically most of the time, we're talking about our careers in the tech space. So that's that's what we went for. And it was the week of June 27th, I got an email from someone inside VMware who was in charge of that track and said our session was not listed in the content catalog yet, but that it had been selected for a People's Choice Award. And then it was going to be put to the vote for the vision and innovation track along with a couple others. And we had until the end of the week to promote that and get people to vote. And thank you for those who voted. We were fortunate enough to to win that vote. And we were selected to be in the content catalog around the beginning of July. So we had about eight weeks to create and deliver. So here's a lesson for everybody. We had not written the presentation at this time all you need is a a title and an abstract you need an idea that you think you can do not until it actually gets accepted do you need to have the presentation in the form of writing it and building it so we hadn't actually built it but we had the content to mine for it so once that happened and it was accepted we had to do things like work with a speaker manager understand the types of things that would be available to us in the room where we presented since it was a physical conference you know are you gonna have access to see your notes as you deliver the presentation is there gonna be water in the room are you gonna use a wireless mic and have a clicker to advance the slides do you need to leave time for questions when do you have to submit a draft of the slide so all those things play into your preparation and i'll i'll just leave it there anything to add
1: yeah i would say that i don't want to oversell like how little that we had done before sure because we had you know obviously done the presentation for vmug before so we knew we had the content and we also had all of our show notes right so i think like kind of on a strategic basis we knew that we had everything all the content you know, at our fingertips to pull out, you know, it was really just a matter of organizing it and, you know, pulling out the patterns that we had already identified, you know, for that abstract that that's the power of, you know, having really, really good show notes. I'll tip my hat to Nick because he does all that work um, to make sure that we have, you know, good notes of um, the guest interviews. And, you know, if we didn't have that, then we would not have been able to do this. We wouldn't have been able to do the session before. You know the vmug session like we just leaned heavily on our show notes to to develop that content teamwork baby yeah makes the dream work i just made that up nice copyright john white yes 2022 yes. september 16th i'm gonna i'm gonna mail that to myself so that uh so everybody knows that it's a date stamped on the envelope so let me talk a little bit about the process we'd kind of been having a conversation between ourselves for quite a while on how to make our content more connected and discoverable. What I mean by that is we have, you know, hyperlinks in our show notes on the website and we have tags. Um, I think that our tag system isn't great. It's just what we happen to write down at the moment um, while we are, you know, doing show notes and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're reusing exactly the same tags. And it might mean that there are two variations on a tag that mean the same thing. Or, you know, what if there's like an overall topic that should like encompass like three different tags, you know, there's just no real way to like kind of do any of that organization. So, um, the tag system didn't do exactly what it was that we wanted to do. We knew we had these tools. We had been, uh, Talking about doing the Zettelkasten process, which we covered with uh, Josh Duffney in episodes one fifty six and one fifty seven, and you know, we had some like external tools to actually do that. We knew that the outcome of the process would be, you know, all these connected notes, and that would actually enhance what we could offer our audience, you know, you our audience. So, going through this process would not just help us actually develop this content you know, better. It would help us develop content better and faster for the future. And it would enhance what we could offer people who are trying to connect, you know, one conversation that we had in one episode with a different conversation. You know, one was the, the other time that we've had a discussion of that concept. We could kind of create a link to that concept and then show every single other episode, maybe even with extracts of the, the conversation of that concept at that time. You know, it would serve a dual purpose or multiple, multiple purpose. I think probably another output might be more web discoverability, you know, search engine optimization is something that came up a couple of times. It didn't rise to the level of something that we, uh, included in the, uh, presentation, but it was definitely, you know, something that we were thinking about. So, you know, ultimately we went for it, right? This is using kind of a connected note, smart note system was kind of critical to how we were going to go through this process
0: and I think if you watch the recording and look at the slides you'll see screenshots of these connected graphs connected nodes and I, I don't know that we signposted that enough and explained what those were during the session but that's what they were and that's kind of the idea that we were going for so if you look at the the graph.nerd-journey.com that is some of the stuff that we're getting at through making this data available.
1: Yeah, I think the first part of that process was moving those show notes to the tool that we used. We happen to use Obsidian. Um, It's free for personal use. You know, we don't have a company. We're not even a nonprofit organization. We decided this was personal use. Obsidian is a pretty cool tool. It uh, stores your text notes uh, locally in text format. Um, it uses Markdown as its kind of native text format, which is a very easy version of uh, marking up your text to, in order to get formatting. We had been doing that almost from the beginning. I want to say, like, maybe there were 10 or 15 episodes that we didn't already have the show notes in Markdown. So it was not quite as simple as copy paste, but like the, the copy paste process of our show notes into Obsidian was fairly simple it wasn't easy you know to to get everything in it was a lot of work but it was a simple process and kudos to john for figuring out how to put
0: all that stuff in obsidian because i did not know how to do that
1: so kudos man (laughs) like i said it was kind of you could boil it down to a copy paste process you know we i basically created a note for every episode you know, titled it episode and then the episode number. And then Obsidian actually helps uh, on the back end to kind of identify other times where that note title has been mentioned but not linked. So I could kind of go in this next step, actually making connections. That was the second part of this process and lean on Obsidian to find every single other time that uh, episode 101. Was mentioned, but we hadn't actually created a a link from that note to uh, the note to episode one hundred and one yet. Um, maybe there was a hyperlink to the to the website, but there wasn't like an Obsidian link between those two notes. So you know, going through and creating all those connections with just episode numbers uh, was you know kind of the first phase. The second phase was making sure that we had connections to people. So not only do we call back episodes in other episodes, but we reference other people. For example, I mentioned Josh Duffney um, just now. So when we do the show notes for this episode, we will have to add like a link not only to you know episodes that Josh Duffney did on the website, but we'll have to add like some hyperlinks for Josh, the Josh Duffney note in Obsidian.
0: Yeah, and I'll just say that I had been trying to keep a list of all our guests in a blog post I wrote back on our 100 episodes, and I would just link to like the first episode in the series for that person, but this puts that to to shame and is way better. Way, way better.
1: It was pretty cool, although I have to say we were able to just repurpose that blog post too because you were able to give me the text, including the hyperlinks, and then I could just drop it into kind of like a a table of contents type note in the, this like personal knowledge management, people call those maps of content instead of tables of content. Yeah. It's, it's a map of content note. Now I think we haven't like that one is still in progress. Like we probably need to add all the, the links to the specific episodes as well as hyperlinks to the, the website episodes notes, but um, it's a first pass, right? So that was important. It was to get all the notes in um, any enhanced, you know, external documents that might help this process, get those in and then get those connections. The pr- kind of like the the last phase of that process was actually abstracting kind of the, the concepts that people were talking about that were repeating. Anytime somebody mentioned, you know, the general theme of becoming a better individual contributor, we kind of had to tag that because, you know, that was one of the major themes that we were covering in our conference talk how to become a better individual contributor. Anytime somebody mentioned, you know, the process of considering whether or not to become a manager, you know, we had to go in and, and and do that, tag that so that we had like an overall note that talked about, Hey, considering a management career. And then, you know, there was a link out to basically every single episode note, which had that mention, so that we could kind of make a two way connection between the general concept and the episode's, where they were discussed. That, that was pretty important. And then I think the next phase um, after making those connections was actually writing content. So I call this the start of the writing process, although that's kind of like a continuum. Really, this is what I kind of thought of as where we were refining like those notes that we had made. Like, you know, for example, the considering a management career note, we, created a link and a blurb to every single episode where a guest mentioned that, or even we mentioned it and then a little digest, right? So that was just kind of a, a long summary note. Well, that's, that's not something that you can present. Like that's just like an intermediate product. So we actually had to refine that product into something that was more presentable. So, you know, taking out things that were maybe less relevant or just, were repeats of something that somebody else said, or were you know maybe even a reference from one of us quoting somebody else. So like we had the original quote, so we don't need the you know you know ten episodes later when we quoted that quote, you know that's just redundant. So filtering all those things out, that's where I kind of think about now. We're actually writing. It's it's really editing, but you're also trying to add add in things. Okay, now we're getting down to like kind of the core. People and episode quotes, you know, that are going to make it into the episode. So it's a little bit on the creative and, and adding side, not just taking away. You're taking away, you're editing things out, you're striking things out, but you're adding things in too. One of the things that we did was, you know, it's like an organizational step. we were able to put the links to the note titles in order that we thought that it was going to appear in the actual presentation. In in doing so, we realized that we had our structure wrong. They were not five peer ideas. There there were some kind of top-level ideas, and then some of the ideas that we had called out and seen as patterns were actually supporting those top-level ideas. So, for example, we had the idea of participating in a community. That was something that came up a lot. But that was actually part of... A higher level concept of showing your work and participating in a community, like showing your work to that community, active participation in that community by attending other people's uh, sessions and, and things like that. And that itself was a supporting action for becoming a top level individual contributor. So that top level point was become a top level individual contributor. Underneath that was show your work. And underneath that part of showing your work is participate in a community. Partitioning in a community is something that we had kind of surfaced, but it didn't go at that top level. So, you know, we refined how we'd tell that story and the structure, which points are main points, which points are supporting points, and then also, you know, who to quote and and when to quote them. We also needed to start to think about how we were going to introduce those people. That was kind of a big deal. I want to pause here can ask you, Nick, if you had anything to add to that before I kind of move on to the ideas that we had for improving.
0: So I would agree our the way we categorize things in terms of patterns and certain patterns fitting within a larger generalistic pattern is right on and it helped us organize the delivery
1: a lot better. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. You write things down and then an organizational structure emerges, Mm -hmm. right? You don't start with an organizational structure and then fit everything into it and try to jam everything into your preconceived notions of how things are going to go.
0: Yeah, because we had an outline, I think, at the beginning, and then we ditched the outline for this process, which then led us to a new outline that was way better.
1: Right, right. It was definitely an improvement in every step. It wasn't just kind of blindly throwing... Things away. Right, right. <laughs> okay, so improvements for next time. Obviously, like I said, we got some really good feedback, generally overall positive. Positive feedback doesn't mean that there's no like uh, constructive criticism. So, you know, somebody can be happy with it and also offer constructive feedback. So, you know, we had our own like critiques of ourselves and then. Uh, we got this constructive feedback as well. So, you know, we wanted to kind of aggregate both those things into what we're doing here. I think early on, we wanted to make sure that we were emphasizing the value of the collective experience of the guests that we interviewed and not say, hey, this is all information that we're coming up with, right? That people don't care about us, but people might care about the 55 plus guests that we've interviewed and the collective wisdom that we've seen there, the patterns that we're calling out. So that meant that when we talked about these concepts and, and the people, like we had to quote those people and that meant that we had to introduce those people and give brief bios and, and why you care about, you know, what this person had to say. We made the decision that we were going to do those introductions and give those bios like verbally while we had like the overall point on the slide up as opposed to what I think we probably should do next time, which is have like a section of that slide reserved for a person, maybe their image and their bio and uh, maybe the quote that they're giving while the the overall point doesn't change, like maybe just the the section for the person that we're quoting so that we don't have to say the person's name and then introduce them every single time. Because that, you know, introducing them properly meant that we had to read because we were quoting, I don't know, 20 or 30 people. And memorizing that just wasn't going to happen. So people, their titles, who they were with when we interviewed them and who they're with now, like, you know, that's, that's a lot of information to just keep in your head. So we wrote it down and reading those bios out loud was not great. Um, It wasn't a great experience for us. And I think that it probably detracted from the audience experience of the content. So if we could quote a person and, you know, have the slide say who that person is working for now, what their title is, and then, you know, go over the quote and, you know, the supporting information about the overall point, then that would be better than us trying to read that information out and for the audience to listen to it i think we had that like immediate reaction like walking out of the session is yeah. that does that track for you
0: yeah and i mean you know look, just like we do on the show here usually when we say someone's names we mention episode numbers and i know someone's feedback was i wish we had heard more references to the episode numbers so maybe we put those on the on that same slide too so that hey for further listening see here this yeah, is just yeah. a sample of what this lovely main course entree tastes like.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, it's the, the tasting menu, right? Exactly. It's like when you go to a buffet and you, the first plate that you get is just a nibble of all the things that look tasty. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what we were trying to give, but we thought that you know, introducing that graph.nerdjourney.com journeycom would be the gateway to the actual episode numbers, um, but Yes, putting those episode numbers on the slide um, so that people could just take a picture of the slide if they wanted to go listen to the episode, like you know, right after our session. Hopefully, not get up in the middle of the session and listen to it. Um, but yeah, right after. You know, maybe uh, like I had like an instinct of like non-promotion that was miss, you know, or unfounded, or like did- I didn't need to worry about that of like you know promoting the podcast in the session. Maybe that was just misguided. Maybe that was a wrong instinct.
0: Uh, I mean, as well. maybe standing outside the door as everyone left saying, hey, did you subscribe? I'm going to need to see evidence. Maybe that was a little too far. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, everybody. I mean, I, for, for the record, I had to leave as soon as it was over, so I can't be responsible for whatever John did at the end.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's it's all on me. It's all on me. Sounds like it. <laughs> the next point of improvement um, also had to do with slides. And that was the knowledge graph that we were took a picture of and put up. And then for every point that we were making, we were showing the full knowledge graph with um the point that we we're making and how it was connected and where it was positioned within the knowledge graph. So let me back up, like even just saying knowledge graph, maybe is too much of a jargon thing. Graph theory comes from mathematics, which is You know, it's probably not taught even in, like, secondary school graph theory. So um, let me back up. Maybe the thing that's closest would be a mind map. Kind of like a piece of, like, content or a title and then a line that connects it to another idea and a line that connects it to all other ideas. It's just that with a tool like Obsidian, you can create so many connections that, you know, it ends up looking like a giant, you know, complex spider web and you can kind of visually see what areas are super connected and what areas are less connected. But I don't think that we did a good job of explaining that's what that image was. In fact, somebody specifically said that they didn't know what the image was. So we know that it didn't get out to everybody.
0: Right. And I think we were worried that we would go over time and not have time for questions too. So maybe that played into it, but I'm with you. The simplest way to explain what the knowledge graph is, I think is it is a, a visualization of the holistic data, and each dot is a node, idea, person, and the connection line is there's some kind of common thread between those.
1: Right. This, the episode that we're releasing this under, 190, will be a dot. And we already talked about episodes 156 and 157 with Josh Duffney. So there will be lines to the dot, which represents episodes 156. There'll be a line to the dot that represents 157 and a line to the dot that represents Josh Duffney at a minimum, you know, that can get quite complex. And again, if we didn't explain what it was or, you know, we weren't very clear about what that explained, you know, the explanation of what it was, it just looked like this abstract art, you know, and who knows what it was, you know? So obviously somebody didn't understand. So we need to do a better job reclaiming the time that we took, to like verbally introduce each of our guests would probably give us that time to, to breathe, you know, some of those explanations, you know, cause I think it's important context, right? It's like, Hey, these are all our notes that, that we're publishing and we want to give you access to them through the, you know, graph.nerd-journey.com. And we want to show you the context of this concept specifically. I thought, you know, Hey, that's important or cool. Maybe the instinct to put it on if we weren't able to, explain it well enough was not a good one. So that's an area of improvement. One thing that I realized, I think right in the middle of the management career section was that we didn't signpost it well enough. So we broke down our people management career section down to an introspection section, you know, Hey, it's people management career is a completely different job than actually being an individual contributor on that, that team. And, the second area was characteristics of good managers um, that our guests have, have specifically called out. So that was kind of the introspection. Should you go for a management career path, consider these things. And then the second part was actions that you can take. If you have decided to pursue a management path, notably like talk to your manager about that aspiration and get their support for it. And two, study for the interviews like you'd study for a certification exam. But I don't think that we signposted that well enough. And I realized that about halfway through the discussion. I think somebody specifically in the feedback said, sometimes I didn't know where they were going. And that immediately made me think about that moment where I realized we hadn't signposted the management career. Like the structure of how we were talking about that and the subpoints that we had. So, you know, just saying that up front and like maybe putting that in the slide. You know, hey, these are introspections before and actions after you make the decision to go for management career. That would probably help.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And I will say, while we felt we did okay, we did reference our notes a lot, and maybe we went back and forth too much. Maybe that caused too much confusion. You certainly want to be dynamic when you're speaking. You want to have some back and forth so it's not too much monologuing on each speaker. And Honestly, we could have used more practice on the presentation together, but we fell short on time. Some of us ended up doing four sessions at the show and we had time constraints. We tried to compensate with a good process to back us up, enough rest ahead of time. Like For me, I set a limit on when I was going to get to bed the week before the conference to make sure that I had energy in the tank to go for it. We wanted to make sure we had the energy that was high enough and that we were sharp enough to do the session and be as prepared as we were or as as prepared as we could be. And some of the comments maybe may have been thinking on our feet.
1: Yeah. I think that also is reflected in the decision to read out, you know, the qualifications of the people, right? so because we we had so much of that we had to refer to our notes and it kind of made practicing the parts underneath that seem like it was you know a marginal return i'm already going to have the notes in my hand i'm already going to be looking at it and you know i can you know remind myself right then and there cuz there's just too much stuff to remember You know, if we try to start remembering things and, you know, that kind of goes back to that root of, you know, what do you put on a slide? What is the information that you're delivering verbally? And you, you don't want to put like all the text that you're going to say on the slide because that's a nightmare. Um, But we might've like gone the, a little bit too far the other way. We probably could have put the information about the guests that would have helped us out a lot, both in the reading and in the practice, it would have freed up um, a lot of space for us to practice. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Like, we felt like the content was really good and we had, you know, intimate knowledge of that content. You know, it, we had we were the ones that developed it. We were the ones who, you know, pulled out all the quotes and, and we've been, you know, talking about these people and the ideas that they were presenting. You know over years so we felt really well connected to it you know obviously that's we hadn't done that while we were also introducing the the people who said those things in their bios but we hadn't practiced that uh so that kind of uh that was a little bit rough but i think you know good introspection and you know good lesson learned there
0: yeah and and if you were there and it helped you even if we said one thing that helped we accomplish our goal because that's what we wanted to do to help.
1: Yeah. I think um, that was how I measured success was that people were nodding. People were, you know, really connecting with the material. Somebody tweeted out, you know, something that we said in the middle of the session. I don't know if you saw that, but. Um, no. Yeah. I felt like we were reaching people and that was how I measured that as success. But we want to make one final point. Which was that, you know, using smart notes, these connected notes in an app like Obsidian uh, can help you with your content creation. You don't need to use Obsidian. It's just what we happen to use. Like I can maybe help out somebody else if they are, you know, asking about Obsidian. Um, You know, we have Josh Duffney's book um, that we can point people to. There's a fairly active community in their uh, forums and YouTube channels completely around like, you know, building flows with Obsidian. And uh, I promise to, and I have committed to doing at least one blog post about uh, task management with Obsidian. So- um, You
0: heard it here, folks. More homework for John White. If you want to hold him accountable, please tweet at him.
1: By October 1st, 2022. So- Nice. if If you don't know, or can't find my task management with Obsidian blog post, on vjourneyman.com, then uh, you can uh, ping me on Twitter and say, hey, what happened to that? Did did you take it down? Like, why did you take it down? And then I'll be embarrassed enough to actually finish and put it up. Probably that's not going to happen because October 1st, it's definitely going to go up 100%. There you go. I like it. (laughs) Hey, we use the process. Kind of our feedback on it is that it's most useful – when you're already capturing written content early on. So we had four years of show notes that went into Obsidian that we were able to extract information from, and that's why we were able to develop the content that we did so quickly. I mean, it also helped that we were intimately familiar with the content that was in there. But it's not to say that you shouldn't like think about doing this today because you should. You should probably you know grab a tool don't spend too much time, th- you know, figuring out which tool. Just grab Obsidian in this case and and start using it. And then, you know, if you wanted to migrate to a different free tool later on, you know, it's pretty easy to do. Here's the story. Like, you know, when we read How to Take Smart Notes, the Sanka Aaron's book, there's this, you know, thought experiment there that said, like, what if you're asked to do a, an ideation process, right? Where you're, you have an I try to figure out like what it is that you're going to write about. And all you have to do is look at your knowledge graph and say, oh, those are my most connected areas. Um, so I have tons of connections between these types of notes and these areas here. So I must be extremely interested in those notes. So that is a good idea to start developing content from. It's a good place to start looking, you know, that was definitely the case for us like the the things that we were pulling out were extremely well connected ideas you know lots and lots of links to guests who had mentioned the the concepts once we were able to discover them all you know imagine the process of uh of actually organizing that content into kind of like a table of contents you know where you're flowing from like one topic to another to another to another well we were able to do that we had the titles of our topics you know, we were able to, you know, put those in order and we realized while we were doing so that we actually had some organizational refinements that we needed to make and, and reorganize those things. And then each of those notes could have like sub notes, you know, that, you know, where we had subpoints, and all of that was kind of emergent, but it was all the promises that were made in that book were true. I think the thing that we missed out on was the benefit of having like already refined Uh, blocks of content already in those like final notes and that was just because we weren't doing this process until the session was approved right we had ideas of doing it and we just didn't have like an inciting event to kick us in the butt and get us to do it so now it's happened and we're going to maintain it and we're going to keep on publishing it to graph.nerd-journey.com so you can see our work as we're doing it and it's ultimately backed by GitHub. So if you have a GitHub account, you can actually uh, make some comments or file a bug or make a suggestion in the form of a bug and we'll fix it. You know, like, hey, you need to add this note. Hey, you need to add a link to this note. Hey, this note has an, an incorrect link, whatever, you know, that is like we want to show our work, do the work in public and get the feedback from the people that are benefiting from it.
0: I think you just said we're doing career DevOps and revision control. Is that, is that what you just said?
1: <laughs> yeah, that is what we said. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I wish we had like a CI/CD pipeline for that. Oh, geez. Wait, we do. It is. It's all in. Uh, it's all in GitOps. Actually, we can set up the actions to automatically republish.
0: Let's let's think one uh, dot before we get to like seven dot
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: One thing I thought of John that maybe we should have done differently is maybe we should have gone back and listened to episode 41 on presentations. And then the two episodes with Al Rashid, I believe were episode 73 and 74 about his experience presenting at a conference. And I can't believe I didn't go back and listen to those before our presentation.
1: Yeah. I feel bad because I definitely read the show notes for those episodes in depth. And I just didn't say anything to you, uh, so sorry. No, it's fine. There's another note that needs to be created, right? Which is writing content for conferences, and this episode will go under that, along with Al Rashid's and 43, I think. 41. 41. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're not creating a link to 43.
0: Because 43 was Ethan Banks turning a hobby into a job.
1: Okay. Well, you just said Ethan Banks' name in <laughs> <and> the title, <laughs> so now, now we, we are actually going to have to. Oh man,
0: there. so do I just, if I just keep naming people's names, do you, does that now, mean it's a, more It's a low value link,
1: because, no, 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 don't, don't do it, don't even, don't even pretend.
0: <laughs> okay, well I think that's it for that segment.
1: Anything else before we get out of here? Nope, uh, just a reminder, again, that we'd like people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever they happen to be listening. Again, we see you overcast users. We want to know if we've been helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey.
0: And we're looking forward to that next conference talk, knowing we have work to do. Good luck to you out there if you're preparing. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm Nick Cordy at Network Nerd Underscore. For John White, at v Journeyman. signing off. Adios.